Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Willow Talk once again. Adam Peacock alongside Brad, the blue bagger Haddon. How are you, Hads? Well, that's a record, Adam. That, that only <laughs> took 10 seconds for you to mention New South Wales this time. But more importantly today, you, yes. you've got one of my favourite cricketers, uh, one of my good mates and a drinking partner on, on tour. So I'm a little bit nervous about a writer reply Ryan Harris has got today. And there's many stories coming from <laughs> Ryan Harris who joins us on Willow Talk. Righto, um, thanks very much for making the time for us, mate. And uh, hopefully you can um, delve into that bank of yarns you've got and uh, retort to some of Hadza's claims that he's brought up in the last fortnight or so. Yeah, thanks. Before <laughs> we start, Ryan, we've, we've had Mitch Johnson on, we've got Ryan. We're going to have Siddle on later to have a writer reply, so we've, we've got all three. So you got a writer reply before we get Siddle on, so yep. go as hard as you can. Oh, no, well, I've been racking my brain since uh, I had the invite to come on, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but thanks for having me on. I've I've seen bits and pieces of the podcast, to be honest. I've, I'm, I'm not a huge podcast follower, but um, I've been put most of the boys in the team at the moment I'm coaching keep filling me in that my name keeps coming up through from hats. So um, I've sort of joined and and uh, had a bit of a listen here and there. So um, I'm looking forward to this. So what we've got coming up on this episode, we're going to chat everything World Cup, uh, domestic cricket you're involved there, Ryan, with um, South Australia, memory lane, rises and fallers, plenty to get through. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd love if you could leave a review, if possible, good or bad, preferably good, if possible, and we'll read the best ones out on the show, including the sprays. There might be a one or two. And if you're listening on Spotify, leave us a rating as well. We're close to 100 ratings and we'd love to raise the bat before the end of the World Cup. Before we get to the World Cup, Ryan, I'll, I'll, <laughs> let's start it, hey? So the two stories that Hads has brought up about you, the one where you broke your leg and that was pretty much immediate retirement. That's the toughest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> toughest thing you've ever seen. And one of the funniest things that Hads has ever seen is you decide to um, do the AFL umpire and bounce yeah. the ball and it hit you in the face. Finger. So, What's that? Broke his finger. Broke your finger as well. Um, yeah. Anything you'd like to add about those two stories or something else that you could add Maybe oh. getting back at Hads, who took great oh, delight in bringing those two things up. Oh, I can't, I can't get back at Hads. He was too good to me on the, on the <laughs> on tour, and I love playing with him. So I'm not going to get back at him. But I can clarify and confirm those two stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> the football episode, which I think I've only done one since, um, very reluctantly. But I, was my, I think it was my first Australia right, to in, to India. Yeah, and uh, we, we got out and we, we were all warming up in Hyderabad, I think Hads, wasn't it? Yeah, Hyderabad. And um, everyone was mucking around with the footies and I used to do the, the umpire bounce really, really well and everyone was doing it. So I thought, I'm going to have a crack at this. And I'd done so many before. First one I do, I'm, I'm you know, doing it all. Everyone's like, I haven't got two ruckmen going up for it, mucking around and they're all ready to go. I'm thinking, I've got this beautiful firm surface. I'm just going to do this beautiful up and because I always give the umpire shit about how bad they could, they, um, they actually do it. Anyway. Bang, down, down I go, and my hand actually went into the turf. Well, my hand hit the ground, and I felt it, and I pulled my finger up. And as I went like that, my finger was actually going out that way, and I thought, that's not good. <laughs> that's not going to be good. Bowling hand? Um, and it, Yeah, bowling finger, right hand. Oh, um, terrific. Pretty important one. And uh, anyway, so I sort of looked at it and went, oh, no, shook it, and then just sort of pulled it, and it clicked and went back in. I thought, what's just happened? That's that's actually going to be okay. And then as it sort of time went on, as we warmed up, a little bit of pain started happening, a little bit of swelling. So I went to the physio, <laughs> tried to hold the ball, couldn't hold the ball, and then had a scan and had a crack in my finger. So my Australia A experience originally lasted three days. Home. So I think it was the smartest thing he's ever done. <laughs> smartest thing. Get out of India <laughs> straight India. away. Yeah. <laughs> Fast I, I didn't play four day four day cricket in India, and that was that was the that was the opportunity, and I haven't to this day. Uh, I haven't done it. <laughs> we'll go further down memory lane a bit later on, mm. but let's get into the World Cup. And Hads, we reviewed the New Zealand game, one of the best games of, of cricket that you could imagine to see. And, and people saying, oh, what's the future of 50 over cricket? Well, when it's played like that, there's got to be some kind of future for the format at World Cups. That was as entertaining as it gets. I went back and had a look at Australia's batting. I wanted to have a look at Warner and Head in those first 10 overs. but And just looking at some of the deliveries that the New Zealand team bowled, 
a couple of balls were top of off stump going away as as you as a bowling coach Rhino you want. And David Warner was dropping his back leg and hitting them out of the middle of his bat for six over square leg. It was extraordinary hitting. Uh, it, it was brutal. And the one thing it did do, it, it threw carnage into the, the way the New Zealanders um, play. And from that moment, they, they yes, the game was close and, and they batted well to to get close in the end. But Australia, it, we're in one of those moods, Rhino, where, hang on a minute, something special is around the corner for this team. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Hads, I, I watched a lot of that game. Um and you're right, you know, as as a bowling coach or as a bowler, you try and bowl those those good balls and and want the batsman to to take a risk and and hit the ball off the stumps. Now, for, for someone, and as we see this day and age, with you know, as as we saw the other night, the way they bat, the way they move around the crease, these batters and they've just got no fear. Um, it makes it so much more harder to to play and to try and come up, you know, conjure a plan up. So, you know, I thought we started pretty slow. We we started pretty slow in this World Cup and. Watching over the last couple of games, we, we just seem to be building that momentum, you know, really, really nicely. I think, you know, Trav Head, who, who slotted back in oh. and just – I threw balls to him, I think, you know, six days before that. He, he was still in a little bit of pain and um, he wasn't 100% sure when when he was going to play and, and how it was going to go. And, you know, I think the original plan was to play against the Netherlands and then miss that New Zealand game and hopefully be ready for, again, the, the, the bigger games against England and – uh, well, the later games. So, but you know, that obviously changed, and he went out like he never hadn't left, and that's just the way. I think that's the confidence he's got at the moment. But, and obviously, the the role he plays at the top of the order is crucial uh, with that with Davy as well. So, Rhino, you you didn't um, get him to bounce an AFL ball to check uh, check out <laughs> that hand that. And, and make sure it was okay. <laughs> Should have. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't think of that. I will next time. But he's done really well to get back. I mean, he, he only had I think four or five weeks, maybe six weeks, since he you know copped that blow on the on the hand. So, um, look, he's done well. So it's nice to see him back in there and performing. It's interesting, Ryan. I'd listened to to Travis after the game. He said I had two tennis ball hits in South Australia before I came over, and the second ball he faced, he hit a check drive straight over mid off. Mm for one bounce, four. Then the next over from Henry, bowled a couple of no balls, hit three sixes, and all of a sudden he, he was away. It, it's extraordinary someone like him. He, he doesn't need a lot of cricket leading in, does he? He's not someone who hits a lot of balls. He's he's more um, sea ball, hit ball sort of player. But just talk us a bit through what he, what did he do leading into before he got to the World Cup? He, he said he was just hitting tennis balls. Yeah, no, he, well, he, he, majority. He, I threw I threw some, what, some hard balls at him. I started with tennis balls. And then even threw some incredibles at him, which obviously the softer one, softer yeah. balls, the you know. And then I, I threw a cut, you know, only I reckon maybe eighteen, I reckon just white ball, just with the dog stick, you know, the, the side arms that we use, and, yeah. and I threw indoors. That was so it was really controlled, really slow. I think he had one hit against Spencer Johnson, who was coming back. So Spencer wasn't at full tilt, um, it was sort of medium pace, but. Um, you know, he, he had a hit there. But one thing that he did, he had a sit down with um, with our batting squad, you know, young guys, um, I think about two weeks ago, one of the other coaches got him in just to utilise him. And, and and he spoke about, he doesn't hit a lot of balls. You'll see Smith, you know, we know what Smith yeah. and Labashane oh. and these guys are like who hit for yeah. two hours and hit, him, hit themselves into form and then out of form and then back into form in the nets. Trav doesn't do that. He, he, he even made that a, a big point to them is that you don't need to hit Hundreds and hundreds of balls. You just need to get a good feel of what you're doing and get your get your movements in order, and and that's it. So he, he isn't a big, yeah, exactly. He just sees it, hits it. He's I wouldn't say he's got you know the best technique, but he's got a technique that works and and gets him in the ball and he hits he hits a hard ball. So you know it's a really good example of not having to hit thousands of balls. Right, you, you mentioned nets there. Give us uh, a player that you used to bowl to in the nets that you thoroughly uh, became a thoroughly unenjoyable experience because it knocked you off your rhythm. Someone who it was just a net monster and and killed you every time. Oh, far out. I think Davy was tough. You always, you know, one thing that I we I think we always did is, as yep. as a, the group that I played with Hads is when we when we came to training it was on. Yeah, Mitch would fire up. Um, <laughs> I'd try and make sure I was bowling well. And normally you you you're sort of bowling to impress because you never know. The group that we had together, there was four or five blacks there that could have played. So you're always trying to bowl to impress. But Davey and, and and Smith were always the guys that you just wanted to get. And, and Davey, again, just just in his way, even now, he's, he's showing that form now. But he was so he – just, you just never know when the ball's coming back at a million miles an hour. And um, you always, he was one. Yeah, sorry. And you, you, when you were batting, you liked to take quick singles when Mitch Johnson so sent hats up the other way. Hey, I remember, remember I that day. I that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> yeah. 
at, at the um, Queensland Cricket, getting ready. That that was scary. I remember you and Buff and Buff saying, "Ryan, I get in the nets." He's going, "Buff, yeah. this is stupid. I can't see the ball." Had you get down that end, and I'm saying, "I don't want to face." No, exactly. That's right. I, I remember very rarely did I face Mitch or the bowlers face Mitch at full tilt, which oh, is mate. stupid. Um, yeah. But even the batter, the batters didn't even want to do it. So, but what I would do is when he was warming up, I'd sort of get in there and because I'd like, I did like batting. I wanted to get in sort of, you know, facing, but him off about six steps, seven steps was still faster <laughs> than I could bowl. It was scary still. So, and that was it. That was it. I, once he once he started getting a bit loose, that's when I was said to, that was that situation where I yeah. said, no, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not facing anymore because it, I'm going to get hurt. So I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> And you've got to remember, this is coming from one of the toughest cricketers who's pulled on the baggy green. But looking at the new ball attack at the moment, Rhino, where, where, where are they at? Stark, Camo, Joshi? Have they got the balance right? Should we see Camo take the new ball? Do we need to change things around? I, think, I don't mind. With I think with Josh, I think Josh is sitting at number one at the moment, is he, in, in, yep. in the world rankings. And, you know, Stark, he's done what he's done. I, I think it's you – know, those two definitely need to start. I think there's going to be – Paddy's not a huge swing swinger of the ball, I think. You know, this day and age, the way the wickets are, the way the batters hit the balls, you're only going to get. We're lucky still to have two two balls at each end, which which is you know a good thing and can be a bad thing because the ball stays harder. But I think you've got to try and extract as, as much swing as possible when you you know at the pace that they're bowling. So you got to utilise that. I don't think Paddy's a huge swinger, so I think at the moment they've got a, a good good balance. I like that balance. I think we probably went a little bit too all rounder heavy into the into the yep. World Cup with. You know, with the three, you know, Green and Stoinis, who's the other one? Miss there, Mitch Marsh, Sean Abbott's the other one. You know, we've got a really good balance. The thing going in, I mean, just going back a little bit, this this squad really only got together in in India. They, they, they all the cricket leading up, there was you know, there were always someone, there was always someone missing, whether it was Paddy or or Starkey or or, or Hazelwood or Maxwell. I mean, Maxwell didn't play any of the lead up games because I think he, I believe he had a baby. So. It was that's sort of what I put down to a bit of a slow start. They, you know, they took them a couple of games to to get together and work out exactly what that mix was and how they were going to do it. Guys, start with you, Hads. You mentioned in the our review podcast of the New Zealand game about breaking the computer. You call it so. New Zealand, a lot of formula to when they bowl, how they bowl, um, how they go about their fifty overs, and and getting the best out of everyone with a pill. So it looks like if you're going to win a World Cup, would have to beat one of South Africa, New Zealand in a semi-final or maybe India, depending where we fall. And then it looks like beating India in a final. Now, those three teams, do they play a similar way to what or those other two teams? Do they play a similar way to New Zealand? And you know what's coming and you have to find a way because at the moment, no one's get got any answers to what India are throwing at them. Oh, I think at the moment, India are playing their home conditions beautifully. And, and you've seen the last three World Cups, the, the, the results being that the home teams won it. So India obviously um, playing a, a form of cricket at the moment that, that are intimidating opposition. Uh, they know exactly their game plan. Whoever comes in plays a role. What, what I mean by breaking the uh, computer with the Kiwis, it, the Kiwis are one of these teams that take you down to their level. They're, they're really well planned. They field well. They do all the little things in the game really, really well. But... If you go through their bowling, that they can be very predictable where they where everyone bowls because they're yep. they're so good at their role play. So if you come out like Travis Head did and David Warner, and all of a sudden do something different um, and, and take the game forward and and be a bit expansive in what you're trying to do, Ferguson, for example, hadn't bowled an over before the twelfth over of the World Cup. He'd come on at the twelfth over all the time. Uh, he had to come on in the sixth over. All of a sudden. He's got two fielders out. It's a different ball game for him in them. They use him to bash the wicket, intimidate through the middle overs. It blows their planning up. Yes, it can be really good in stage games, but if you plan really well against New Zealand, brave enough to take their game on and blow it up a little bit, we, we see a result like we did the other night. Righto, what do you reckon of India at the yeah, moment? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, spot on. I, I think exactly that. And that's the detail that you go into to, to try and take these teams apart. And, you know, there's no doubt that, you know, New Zealand are a dangerous team. They've, they've showed that. But that's the thing. And this is the thing I'm learning still as well, uh, being on the other side of the fence, is, you know, going into that much detail that you can you can actually, you know, take a team apart if you take away their strengths. And and and, and most teams now are pretty much drilled on what their routines and where, who bowls where and all that sort of stuff like Hads is alluding to there. So there's no doubt about that. But I think India, I mean, India and – it's funny again last night. I looked at that wicket that England played on last night and 
I think you might have mentioned it a while ago, Hads, but this is an ICC event that the, the wickets yeah. are supposed to be prepared by by the ICC. But last night wasn't an ICC wicket. That was a that was a that was a slow Indian spinning wicket. So that's that's interesting. Obviously, I'm not uh, I'm not not trying to accuse anyone or anything there. But, no, accuse them, right? Um, <laughs> I've signed the contract, man. I'm not allowed to. So <laughs> no, look, I, I think you just said then the last three World Cup hosts have won it. it Travelling around the world and playing cricket now is so hard to win away from home. And, and when you go to other conditions, it's it's such a hard thing to do. So the team that's going to – and it looks like – I think it looks like us at the moment, you know, depending on, you know, how New Zealand go, but we, we look like we'll play India if we finish fourth and we're going to have to, you know, bring something special to beat them. Let's now uh, go to a segment we like to call Let's All Laugh at England and <laughs> how they're going. So you, you, mentioned, good this? you mentioned the game. So – they restrict India to 220 or 220-odd, but you say the wicket and then they get absolutely drilled. Lose by 100 runs, rock bottom through the tournament. I don't know if they want to stick around for their last few games. They probably want out now. So I don't know what that dressing room environment would be like. It has when you're away on a tour like that, just firstly this aspect of it, when things aren't going your way and all you can think of is a cold beer at your favourite pub back home. And I don't know what England are thinking of. Maybe not that in October, November back in England, but they're probably thinking of home comforts right now. It can drag it out a bit. Well, it can. It can be a lonely place, Turing, when things aren't going your way. You feel like all of a sudden you're in quicksand and the harder you train, the unluckier you get. Uh, it looked like England had turned it around in, in this match. Actually, they they bowled and and fielded with a lot more purpose than they had previously. It was just that their their batting had let them down, and and it's a strange fall from grace because this is a team that that's been dominating and been so clear on the style of game that they wanted to play for so long. They've been all out attack, back their all rounders, but take the game on, mm. move the game forward and and put a lot of pressure on oppositions with their power hitting. And the, the really interesting thing to come out of it for me is something Owen Morgan said. He said, there's something within this team that definitely is unsettled. And, and if that was anyone else, say uh, uh, Graham Swan or Matt Pryor or someone who said that, you'd just sort of go, yeah, yeah, they're looking for a headline. But Owen Morgan is really close to a lot of these players. He, he captained a lot of this group. He, he's a World Cup winning captain. And... For him to say that, there must be something in that camp that's unsettling everyone. Is it Ben Stokes coming into the team? Did, did that throw a, a spanner into their preparations? Is he too big of profile to, to come in? He hasn't played much cricket. Does it change their game style a bit? Because he doesn't play that all-out attacking style that the Butlers and, and the mm. Bears they'll play. It takes some time to, to get in. So it's really interesting to get your take on just because Owen Morgan said that, Rhino, it's something's not right because he's very close to the camp. Yeah, I agree. Um, that there's it, it, again Owen being such a he was the one that sort of started the process of England playing the way they they did. I mean, I think I read somewhere that they aim to make four hundred every time they bat. So they they've gone hard. They've done it for so long, and when it doesn't come off, it's obviously gone pear shaped for them. But that that's the interesting one. I think the fact that he's made comment, as you say, has and you, you know him better than I do, but he, he still is attached to that a lot of the, the players in that team. So what exactly is it? That's the good question. I know that Matthew Mott's taken over there as well. When we know Motty, who's, who's yep. quite a pretty easygoing sort of character and great fella and great bloke. Like, how's he handling? He's you know it's probably a, a big test for him um, on how to bring that team back together. Obviously, I think I mean they must be out now. They, I, don't, I don't know if there's any mathematical chance they can they can still get in, but yeah, they've got to find you know find what. Obviously, I'll sit down after the after World Cup, do the, do their debrief and find out exactly what did go wrong and and whether or not it was a good decision to bring Stokes in. It was only a late decision. It, it's probably at the expense of well, Jason Roy. I think missed out and and I think Harry Brook might be over there, but whether he's playing or not, had played many games. So there's a little bit of unsettled, un, you know, unsettled sort of I guess feeling going into it, and it's obviously affected the way they played. So. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of it, and obviously, I'm sure Moddy will be tearing his hair out as well. Yeah, they they're giving it to them in the English press, as you can imagine, as <laughs> you can imagine, oh, as well. Um, you're or, talking to the wrong two people if you want to feel sorry for him. Well, yeah, Simon yeah. Wilde in the <laughs> exactly Times, right, right here, Simon Simon Wilde. 
We need to talk about Ben again. I know, I know, it's tiresome. It's been hard to get away from Ben Stokes ever since his ghost of an England World Cup campaign started. But at first, that was because he was unfit to play and it seemed as though the team would never regain their mojo until he was back on the field. And then it goes into the fact that the opposite's happened. So, yeah, that's that's the kind of theme that's going on over there. And that you've got the added thing of the Champions Trophy, which is in Pakistan in 2025. The ICC just dropped this one. Go, oh, by the way, Pakistan are hosting, so they're going to be in. So what we're going to do, we're going to take the top seven from this World Cup, which means that England uh, need a miracle to be playing in that tournament as well. Yeah, I, I tell you what, yeah. <laughs> Second tier nation in World One Day <laughs> Cricket at the moment. Uh, what's interesting now is we've got to play England. Yeah. And no matter where you sit. So don't, yeah. if Australia are third on the table, uh, England are last. When Australia play England, you throw all that out. Same as when you're in an Ashes campaign, if you're having a bad run. The, the atmosphere and the gamesmanship around an England-Australia game is different. It's a huge game when we take on England. You've got to take all that form out of the window because they, they don't like us. Mm. We don't like them. There's a lot of bad blood there from the Johnny Bairstow in, in, incident during the Ashes, uh, not having a beer afterwards. There's a bit of bad blood, so maybe this game is one of the games that the English will get themselves up for, so it's a real danger game for us. Rhino, you you seem like a bloke who, who doesn't hate easily, unlike... The bloke next to me who can he can he can find problems with opposition players at a moment's notice. But was there an yeah. English player in your time playing against them in Ashes battles and the like that you you took a bit of a dislike to and and really arced up um, in terms of with the ball and and trying to get an extra little one percent out of yourself to to get them? Oh, I mean, yeah, I hate. I never disliked. I didn't dislike too many, but probably one that you know frustrated a lot was KP. I mean, Kevin Peterson was one that. Yep. that I used to get frustrated with and, and mainly it was because his character maybe. I, I really didn't know him, so I was judging him, <laughs> judging him, you know, judging the book by its cover, I guess. But as I, we all do. I, you know, yeah. and, and as we all do, yeah. But playing against him was was a big massive challenge. I mean, he was – the other reason is because he was such a good player that I disliked him and, you know, and then I got to meet <laughs> him and, and know him a little bit. I didn't know him that well. I don't became – proclaimed to know him well. But he was one that really frustrated me a lot and, and I loved getting him out and – and then Sid's got a Sid's actually did a number on him a few times, and we used to love that. So we'd always make sure we'd run past him and let him know about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, he was probably one that 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 was frustrating. It, any of those batters was always good to to get out, and if you could get the wood on, you know, one or two of them, which um, as I said, Sid Sid's did quite a lot. Um, it, it was obviously a nice nice thing to do. And what about every year your birthday rhino comes up, and all of a sudden we see over social media you knock an Alistair Cook Alistair over Cook. with that first ball, mate. It doesn't go away, but mate, what a ball! Yeah, I, I do get that every year, and um, <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's nice that people people bring it up, and it's a little story, quick story. I did a presentation the other day with with the South Australian boys about our next week before the WA game, which we've just finished. We've got Queensland next week, and then WA. And I just went through. I did the bowling stuff, obviously, and put some some really good things that we'd done in that game against New South Wales and how much, you know, how we built pressure and hit the top of the stumps. And I sort of slotted my ball in there just as an example. I said, that's how you do it. There's there's the exhibit. That's how you do it. And it's not that, it's not that you know, what hard. So let's keep doing that. So I do I, I do use it every now and then. I don't like pumping myself up. You know that has. So I hate doing that. But, you know, every now and then I just find a little, if I get a little avenue, I'll just bring it out just to show. But every year, again, as you say, it comes up. And, you know, when you say that, that, that to me just brings back that great memory of yeah. of that day, of that, it wasn't that day, I don't think it was the next day, but, you know, the, the, the excitement and the nerves that we all had about winning that series, going up 3-0, yeah. I don't know if you remember that, Hads, but, you know, there was such um, a great buzz around that time. Um, and for me, it was like, I can't believe I'm about to, you know, I was probably getting a bit ahead of myself, but I can't believe we're about to win an Ashes series, let alone 5-0, we didn't know it was going to happen at that time. What did Alistair Cook tell you about that delivery, In the if you had a beer with him after? I actually never asked him. I don't know. I've never asked him that, and I don't know why I never asked him that. But um, I've got a fair idea I've what he thought never, of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never really heard him say much about it, to be honest. I did a couple of things with Ian Bell over the Ashes two years ago, and he he brought it up a couple of times, and he said they were just shocked on what it did and and how good it was. But he said he was talking to me, so if he had said it looked bad and was horrible, then I would have. <laughs> gave it to him but um yeah I haven't really asked him I never really heard him say much about that so maybe one day you know if I do end up getting back over there or he comes over here I might even pose that question to him it's a good play to replay it to your South Australian bowlers I just wonder if that the head coach Jason Gillespie has ever ever shown a clip in if you want to distract an opponent come in and do a like an albatross impersonation on the <laughs> yeah, way in the remember when he used to do that 
Yeah, I do. I do remember that. He actually, I actually said that to him. I said, I'm going to put this in. He goes, oh, can you find my my dismissal of Brian Lara? I said, no, mate, it's not your presentation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ryan, it's, speaking about uh, your coaching now at South Australia, obviously working with Dizzy Gillespie, you've got a, a keen eye for, for talent around the country. Where, where's our fast bowling stocks? Um, we've got Lance Morris, you've got Duncan Spencer, you're working with there at the moment. You've got a couple of good quicks, actually. McAndrew and that is starting to come good. Where, where, where are we placed? These three superstars of the game are getting older. Yeah, they are. Well, I think we've got a, a great batch around the country. You mentioned a lot of them. Spencer Johnson, for me, has been one that I saw just before I left Queensland when he was with the Heat. I, I did a couple of – I went to a couple of sessions and saw him bowl. He's got genuine genuine pace. And, and being down here and seeing him and getting to know him, even up there, he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. He's got himself fit and strong, you know. So he's one that's he's coming back from injury now. He's not far away, but um, and you got Lance Morris, who again I've, I have only seen a couple of times this year. I've watched a fair bit of footage on him, and he just looks again just fast, and he's able to hit good lengths at that pace as well, which which is I think still really important. And then we go around, yeah, Nathan McAndrew down. He's doing really well. He's sort of fast, medium. A young fella actually from New South Wales who played against us, Jack Nisbet, was really impressive the other day, Hads, actually. I know he's a quite quite young sort of kid. He's just playing his first game, but he really impressed me. But I'm trying to think who else there is. Um, Joe Richardson. Joel Harris. Joe Richardson. Well, Joe Richardson just did his – he did his shoulder down here in a second eleven game again oh, no. two weeks ago, oh. which was so it was devastating because he's had a tough couple of years. So, But, I mean, I'd still put him in uh, amongst that group, you know, of, of guys that – I mean, he's got pace. He swings it again. He's quite a short fella. He gets some serious pace, but he can bat as well. So let's hope that he can get back on the park and and, and get back playing and, and hopefully his injuries are past him. Because you look at fast bowling, that the shelf life is really, really short, which again points towards these three, um, Hazelwood, Stark and, and Cummins, who obviously Pat had six years in the wilderness fixing his back before he was able to to get a consistent run. But Hazelwood, he's had a few niggles in the last few years, but but Stark as well. To stay on top of their game for as long as they have is nothing short of remarkable. But, Ryan, you're a guy that, you know, it was hard to keep your body in, in one piece given mm. what you do. I mean, you get to the back end and out the other side, how is your – are you are you like an old footy player getting up in the morning with the knees or the shoulders <laughs> creaking and, and things like that? It's a, yeah. it's a hard thing to yeah. do the body. <laughs> Yeah, I am. I am. I'll be honest, and and I'm not the fittest these days either. So carrying a bit of extra, extra, extra pounds doesn't help. But you know, like I do. I, I mean, I I don't I, I don't do a lot of exercise. I don't do a lot of running. I, I play. I try and play as much golf and walk as, as as best I can. And then you know, the exercise I do is throwing for a couple of hours to the batters. You know, with the, with the dog stick, and that's that's my exercise. But. You know, I have days, like today was probably one of those days where I get out of bed and I've got a sore knee, I've got a sore ankle, I've got sore this and sore that. But it, it is what like, I just get, you just get used to it, you live with it. I wouldn't change anything that I did. The only thing I wish mm. uh, it was longer. I, I didn't want to finish when I did. I wasn't expecting to when I did. So, um, if you know, if my knee had to just last another, you know, even 12 months, it would have been nice. But every day you have different, I'm sure pads got, I'm sure most ex-sports ex people, you know, with that they have an impact. I couldn't imagine what, they, what the rugby league always feel like you know after retirement mm. the way they smack themselves up but you sort of live with it well Hads is Captain Jim at the moment he's he's firing <laughs> he always has been he's always doing so, I don't know how you, you spent half your life crouching that like for most people that's like oh what are you doing to your back mate so you get you get no real issues residual from no, knees or back no my or? knees are fine um, I've had a couple of knee ops but they're, they're from one being hit by a taxi in England two plane Two plain paintball. Oh, hang on. Back up the bus or the taxi as it were. Oh, here we go. What what the hell happened there? Do we really want to go through this? <laughs> you, you brought it up. <laughs> right. 2005 Ashes, but we've gone out for a, a team dinner in, in Nottingham. Yeah. Uh, gone out for – man, I wasn't playing, so yeah, I was thirsty. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, we've come back to the hotel and I've walked behind the car and, and the, the taxi driver wanted to – an autograph and it was a one-way street so I've walked behind the car like I shouldn't he got over excited when he was trying to get out and, and clicked the car in reverse oh no and ran over my leg <laughs> so I'm sitting just under the car there he's hit my knee and, and I thought he's coming to like pick me up but he was giving me his hat <laughs> to sign I said mate you've just effing run me over he, he said Signed. I quickly signed it and walked off. But uh, yeah, I, I try to keep that one to myself, Adam. But, mate, one of the toughest things I've ever seen, and 
and was Rhino's last game. I, I remember the leg break. Oh mate, I, I'm never. <laughs> Ryan's big thing was with me as a keeper, and you have a good relationship, your bowls and your keeper, and he used to say, am I hitting your gloves? And I said, mate, they're coming through good. Yeah. And, and you know with your fast bowls, it wasn't, you didn't have to say much, especially guys like Sids and Rhino and Mitch you, you played a lot with. It was just the look saying, oh, no, nah, they're not coming through. But he said, oh, I'll hit the gloves harder tomorrow. He said, something's not quite right with my knee. And what you got to remember with Rhino, and I've never seen a human like it, is their pain threshold was so mm. high. Mm. Anyway, bowled the next day, went through it all, and, mate, beautiful again, 145, hitting the gloves. And, and Rhino can tell the rest. It was with a broken leg. The hell, mate? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. No, no word of a lie there. I, I remember, come back, I think I missed the two of the West Indies because we had our first child. But So I got there to met the boys in England, and I'd done this amazing pre-season, ready for this massive, huge Ashes series, fittest I've ever been. Got my legs and, you know, blower half strong to hopefully support all the knee. And then... Yeah, got to that got to that game and I bowled. It was like the first time I'd ever bowled. I bowled absolute junk, didn't I, Hads? It was it was just <laughs> I didn't nowhere say that. near what I Yeah, nowhere near what I wanted. And then I had this little I got through that day, as as you say, then I came out the next morning, got a bit better, but then I had this little click in my leg and in my knee, and I thought, geez, I, I, I'm pretty, I know my body, I know my knee pretty well, but that's not great. So I think I bowled four or five overs. I went off the ground and saw the physio and he did the tests and you know, just everything, and it's like, no, he said, no, nah, it's pretty sound, it's pretty good. I've just got this pain, you know, it's just there. Anyway, he said, look, go back out, have it, see how you go. And I went back out. I think I bowled later in the day. I think I bowled another five or six overs, and something just happened. I just got him through, and it was the best. Yep. I was back. <laughs> I was absolutely back. But my knee was sore, so I'm and I used to run in, depending on how it was feeling, you know, trying to get it off as quick as I could. And then because it was my back leg, I had ways of landing on it and getting off it but I still had to get my snap over my front leg to get my pace, all that sort of stuff. So that was like a game within a game. So I'd done all that. I'd finally got it right. I, was, I think it was the end of the game because we're also on top of all that. I'm trying to bowl for a spot to get into the first test as well. So we had another game at Essex, I think, three days later, and it was sore the way through and I sort of managed it with ice. You know, Long story short, I, it was really sore and I, and I had to go out early to try and prove that I could play the game, have a bowl at Essex, and I just couldn't. I, it was it was really, really bad. So anyway, so didn't play that game, had to go get a scan, got on a train to London, got a little scan, stayed there overnight, came back, and then the next day I was every five minutes I was asking the physio, what was it, what is it, is it okay, is it okay? And he said, for F's sake, just go away, <laughs> let me get it, let me look at it, <laughs> and I'll come and get you. Anyway, I went back, <laughs> looked over his shoulder, and he had the scan on my um, – I've scanned my knee on the, on the computer and I, I'm not a doctor or a physio or all that, but I could see the little, there's a little shadow right at the bottom of my knee or top of my tibia. And there was like, um, it was like a dark spot. And then I saw a line and I thought, that's not good, is it? And he said, just, you know what, F off. And I'll come and get you What's your knee? Five minutes later he came over. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Five minutes later he came over and Alex Contouris was a physio who yeah. we knew pretty well. He knew me pretty well as well. Had a great relationship. Mm. He just came over and said, Nah, look, mate, it's not good. You've cracked the top of your, your tibia. You've cracked, you've broken your leg. And I was like, oh, right, is that bad? <laughs> and, um, he said, yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, it's not I said, can you strap? I said, can you strap it up so I don't have to, so I can, you know, he said, no, nah, I can't. So anyway, yeah. long story short, he went, he went, he, he got onto the surgeon in, in Melbourne who'd done all my knee ops, showed him, sent them all, you know, the results and everything. He looked at it. He put the, he handed the phone over to me and he said to me, mate, that's that's done. You're done. You're not going to be able to come back from that. And this oh. surgeon who'd done so much over the yeah. years to get me on the park because he knew how important, how important uh, playing at the top level was, and you know, yeah. earning capacity, all yeah. that sort of stuff. He was he was switched on with that, and he just he said to me, "I said, you 110 percent sure that this is no good? You can't fix it." He said, "I'll fix it, but the problem is when you rehab it up and you land funny again, it's just going to crack again." And that was it. When he said that, that was it. That was the time I had to, yeah. And How I still to this day had <laughs> yeah. I haven't retired, have I? Because I didn't get no. the words out. Mate, <laughs> no, couldn't get out. Kept crying. So, oh, yeah, what? So, the, how were the next forty-eight hours for you? Drunk. Pretty, yeah, pretty horrendous. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> my my wife was flying over with 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 Carter, who was only six weeks, seven weeks old. Um, oh. She was making the trek over in a couple of days and whatever it was. And then, um, I thankfully, my brother was over there. He was over there just for I think he might be over there for golf or something. But he. He came down. I rang him that the night before. I said, "I think I'm in trouble. I might have something bad here." And he, anyway, he came down. He was there, and so it was a bit of comfort from that point of view. But I mean, 
yeah, it was just a – I kept thinking, oh, I can get back, I can get back. But once I had a few more conversations, you know, the, the, the way I trained to get ready for that series, you know, I just probably couldn't do it again. I didn't have it in me to do it again. So my intention was probably to get through that series and get back to Australia and then potentially go out on my terms, but that didn't work. Ryan, uh, we, we probably started uh, our career when GPSs and, and that sort of came in. And, and I remember at different times you'd be bowling and, and I'd look up at the – I'd go talk to the fast bowls at the, at the top of their mark because, as you said, you had a good relationship with them and, and you looked at the GPS and, and nine times out of ten rhinos was at, at his mark and he said, mate, what are you doing? Mm. He said, mate, that, I'm only allowed to bowl 36 balls at this point, percent, but I'm, I'm not hitting the wicket enough. So well, what I want to ask, Rhino, now that you're in coaching – you see the modern day player come in. What I've found is a lot is they don't know the difference between whether they're sore or they really are busted because a lot of the times they're, they're under a lot of restrictions. Oh, yes, I'm sore in here. Are you sore? Is your hemi sore? Is it sitting off the bone? <laughs> like, And, and yeah. you're one of the best to, uh, to educate um, players like that because fast bowling is a shit of a job. Yeah. Every minute of it hurts and, and you can explain that better. But I find a lot with the players now, they're, they're not quite sure whether they're sore or that something's busted. Yeah, ag- agreed. And and that's the the bowling, you know, the workload stuff, which I've I've probably learned a lot more actually now in, in full control of it. And you know, I guess South Australia down here that they want their they like their bowlers bowling, so it's not it's not a huge issue down here with with that as long as the bowlers are fresh. I I probably give the bowlers a chance to do it themselves if they need a bowl, they, then they bowl. And as long as they're fresh for the game or whatever's coming up, they they do what they want in in moderation, but. That's a really good good conversation, you know. Good pain and bad pain. Joey Dawes from Queensland taught me that, and Craig McDermott, as you said, is it something that's going to you know stop you? Or is it going to put you out for a long term um, injury? Is it a long term injury, or is it something you can just maybe get through an overall two and go? Actually, that's not bad. I can I can get through with that, and and it mm. gets better. So again, I, I think I th- I don't want to say they're precious because they they're not going to say precious is the right word, but there is a lot of learning around that with yeah. young bowlers. I had an example in this Shield game just finished with Wes Agar. He, he's, he's got a sore back and he was really sore. I probably pushed him a little more than than you would um, just to see and and, and that's going to be on me if he, if he falls in a heap. But the way I saw him moving and, and the way I saw him warm up and bowl a few balls, I thought, you know what, I reckon he can do a job for us today. It might not be at 100% and he, got, and he actually got through 18 overs doing it. And mm. I spoke to him yesterday about that. It's a really good lesson to, to try and gauge what, what the pain is and, and how, how bad it is. And, you know, I don't want any, you know, I don't want to sit here and get in, you know, people going out and, nah. and doing it when, as you say, when you've got a, a hammy hanging off, but you know, I think, you know, when you, when you, when you get to yeah. a situation like that, where you know, if you can do it and if you in, and know if you can't do it and if you can, if you, if you can actually try and do, if you can actually get through your, your action and, it's worth trying, and I think that's yeah. It's definitely a lesson. It's a tough conversation. We could sit here for hours and talk about yeah. about it, but you've got to learn that and know your body. Well, we're back in a moment on Willow Talk. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about state cricket, our risers and fallers, and I've got something on the rundown here that I want to quickly delve into. It says "Big Night at the Casino." Back soon. We're back with Willow Talk, domestic cricket. So uh, South Australia, fourth on the Shield table. Um, WA still very strong. Just played them in a Shield game. Ryan Harris, uh, Tasmania chased down against Queensland, 432 to win. Quite extraordinary. And New South Wales has, as we laughed about at the top, absolutely got belted by Victoria. Care to add anything about that particular result, Bradley? i tell you what I have seen. Cameron Bancroft's playing some good cricket. What the hell is going on? Because they've got all these committees. They've got Ed Cowan involved. They've got some well-known people. They've got um, Greg Shippard in, in charge, coaching. Why? What? Why have they started like this? Like, to bowl the opposition out for under 200 away from home and still get beaten by 200 runs takes some doing. Yeah, well, one thing we are is consistent, um, <laughs> and, and that's all you have ever asked for in sport. But you, you know what? You're right. We, we can't hide behind it a- anymore. There, there, there needs to be some changes. Um, we're, we're not used to um, having these results, New South Wales. We, we've got different cricket committees. I, I tell you what, the, the board has to start to, to take some ownership of this as well. Well, when yeah, uh, like I, I look at it from the outside. Obviously, yep. you know people who are involved, but I look at it from the outside and I go, across any sport, if there is a sustained period – of non-success like New South Wales are having at the moment, well, you can you can shuffle deck chairs at base level, at, at team yeah. level or whatever, but the overarching 
the, the whole program comes into focus. And what's at the top? It's the board. Now, I'm not having a go at the people who are involved because I don't know enough about it, but I'm just going off a hunch there, which kind of stands up across any sport that you look at. Well, it's an interesting one because they've obviously made some decisions last summer and they've changed all their backroom staff. They've got new coaches in. They've, they've got coaches from Victoria. They've got coaches from Tasmania. Um, they've got high-performance managers from Victoria. They've got all, all these different people in mm. and we're still getting the results we have over the last 24 months. So it's, someone's going to have to start asking some honest questions because what we're doing at the moment is not acceptable. And we've got a big role to play too with Australian cricket. Uh, the majority of the Australian cricketers have come out of New South Wales. We've got the most people that live here. So the moment we're not getting it right and there's going to have to be some tough questions asked, probably some answers that, that people aren't really going to like. Um, but we've got to turn things around. It's hard, Rhino, isn't it? With, uh, I mean, when you have a big state like New South Wales having problems, it will affect the end product of what everyone's striving to do, and that's produce players for Australia. There's only six. It's not like England where you've got 18 counties or whatever it is. You, you've got six states trying to produce test-level players or international players. Where, where do you see the state of it at the moment in terms of preparation for that higher honours through state cricket? Yeah, I'm as shocked as anyone, really, to be honest. I mean, I look at their squad and they've got, you know, they've probably, in the last couple of years, they've tried to get some younger players in there, but players that are definitely good enough probably just haven't quite gone on with it. And hopefully they, they do turn that around sooner rather than later. But the way I, like, I guess you look at the outlook of it is if Australian cricket, it's the old saying, I've heard it said so many times, if, if Australian, Australian cricket is strong, if New South Wales cricket is strong, there's no doubt about that, that they, they've, they've, New South Wales have contributed so, you know, the most, haven't they, to, to mm. the national, to the Australian team. So you need them producing, you know, good cricketers and that's that's fact. So, as yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised as anything. I, 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 you know, you look at, I think it's 15 games or something now, is it, Dads, or, or 14 games, whatever it is, it's irrelevant. But that, that to me, is, that's, I mean, it's, it's not good enough for New South Wales cricket. I'm not involved either there, but we definitely need them strong to, con- to contribute to make sure that, yeah, that you know, as as had said earlier, there's there's a few blokes up in the, in that national team now. They they are getting on. They're they're getting older. You know, we we want to make sure that you know. I think well, I think I think Australian cricket's strong. I think first class system's pretty strong. Yeah. But we definitely need um, New South Wales up and up and going, up and firing. Rhino, just a quick one about a player that you got um, a good look at over the last few days, and obviously Dave Warner is going to depart the Test scene very very shortly. Cam Bancroft looks like he can't stop scoring runs, but what did you see? Another ton against you guys. Yeah, and he batted so well. You know, we, we used him as a bit of an example for our batsmen as well, just the patience that he has and the mental strength that he has. And he just gets in. I look at him technically and he's he's got an interesting technique. You know, he comes across the ball a lot, but, you know, his head is, is, is in a good position and he gets over the ball still and gets through the ball and he just finds a way. And he's had that opportunity to play for Australia and I know he's – Absolutely, hundred percent determined to get back into the Australian team to to, to to have another shot at. Obviously, he was you know it was cut short with all the controversy that was that happened in South Africa. But you know, I think he's 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 gone away. He's worked on. He's obviously got a, a goal of getting back into that team. And he, as you say, he just keeps making hundred after hundred. So he's had a couple of really good years. And with the uncertainty around David Warner, if he plays the three tests here, I'd love to see him have the opportunity to, to, to play and finish in Sydney. But if that doesn't happen, then, you know, you've got to think that, that, that Cameron's got to be up, up you know, one of those, you know, favourites to replace him. Now, just before we get to rises and fallers, I've got, to, I've got to bring this up. And I mentioned it just before the break. Big night at the casino. You Who two you gentlemen care to explain yourselves? Can't remember Huge much. Uh, that wasn't <laughs> Where and when and how and why? There's a. This could be. I'm going to have a stab in the dark. Obviously, after the the ashes, some of us tweeted about not getting into the casino. But that wasn't also the night where we got lost, Rhino, and the the coppers drove us back to the. Uh, no, the that nightclub. was a different night. Okay, yeah, <laughs> all <well>, good. <laughs> that was all good. Oh, that was okay. They we were, were doing waiting, a uh, we were waiting service. for a taxi. Yeah, we, we were, were waiting for a taxi somewhere in Perth, and then plain clothes police officers yeah. just. Said, g'day, Hads, g'day, Ryan. And we're like, yeah. and we saw, I saw the badge and I thought, shit, what have we done? And they said, you want a lift? And we did. Yeah. So yeah. they come out of beer with us. I think. Oh, how good. Yeah, they did. That's right. Yeah. They did too. Yeah. So, so what happened at no, the, the casino? casino the, the casino incident, that was um, that was the night of the victory, the 3 0. We yep. Yep. obviously hung around in the rooms for a bit and um, celebrated <laughs> as you do. And, and then I think. The great late great Shane Warne was supposed to fly home that night, but I think he hung. He did. He hung around and organised. Uh, it was like a villa had one at the at the Perth Crown Casino. Yeah. 
Yeah, Burswood. And invited us all into there, Burswood. I was Burswood, yeah. And we well, all just got went, on the um, phone to James Packer and said, mate, sort this out for you. Yeah, exactly no worries, Warnie. Cool. I think it's exactly almost what he yeah. did. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, he got us this beautiful villa and, and it was amazing. It was, in, it was in the grounds of the casino. We yep. spent hours and hours there and then we were, well, we wanted to keep going and we and I wanted Fair to. Fair enough. Just sit. I wasn't. I had. A, I can't remember. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to throw them in it. But we had a couple that wanted to go and have a maybe play a few cards and just chill out and not necessarily drink anymore. But just you know, this would have been probably. <laughs> I know it might have been early hours in the morning. And I got to the door. We actually walked through the casino. Yeah. And then walked out to get in. It was we were going through mm. the back doors, and they said, "No, no, you can't come in." I said, "But I was just in there. I've been in there for the last six hours or five hours." <laughs> Well, you haven't been in here. I said, no, I've actually been in one of your private villas um, celebrating. We just won the Ashes. No, I dropped it. I didn't mean to. Dropped it. We just won the Ashes. And and they said, no, you've had too much. And then I got a phone call from one of the other players to come around to this entrance. So as I walked around to that entrance, not knowing after being refused one, the same two um, security officers walked to the other entrance and saw me. They said, you're not coming in. You've had too much. I said, I'm not here. I've just got a call. From a mate of mine, and anyway, long story short, I went away. I was a bit angry. Chucked a tweet out saying it's the worst casino in the in the country, and not yeah. not obviously very short memory. Realising they've just supplied uh, a nice big villa for us for our celebrations, <laughs> and, and a few hundred dollars, if not thousands of dollars worth of alcohol. And yeah, it's fair to say Michael wasn't very happy with me for a couple of days. But and then I had to the next morning we were flying to Melbourne. Mm. And I'd only got a, well, let's say, minute's sleep. And I had a phone call from my wife quite early and she said, what the F have you done? I said, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. She said, you've, you've, it's all over the news. I said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, babe. We've just won the ashes. It's going to blow over. <laughs> and um, I had to get on a I left early because I had to get on a plane to go to Melbourne to see my knee surgeon. I was catching up with him. And then I thankfully I ducked all the I ducked all the press that was out the front of the hotel, but I, I got hit at the, the airport and then, Obviously, I had a late night and I had no voice. So I'm trying to do an interview with the, with the, with the TV, apologising with no voice. And everyone, I could, as I was standing there, they're all giggling behind the mic and all behind the cameras because they knew it had a massive night. So. Oh, but it was okay because yeah. we won the Ashes. It blew over, mate. <laughs> and every every trip back to Perth, he's been staying at the flag again. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, has anything to add? Yeah, I went back there not long ago, and I'm still sheepish. I sort of walked in and I was expecting a tap on the shoulder, but it didn't get one. <laughs> yeah, good. I, I just want to touch on one thing, Rhino. We, South Africa, 2014. We've played in some memorable Ashes series, some great test matches, but the one at Cape Town where you took the Mornay Mork around the wicket to, to get that wicket, there's a bit of a story, though, in the tea break. I remember Rhino, they locked him in a room and he said, just drain the knee, just drain the knee. And I sort of poked my head around the – the corner and he, he's need locked, and what had happened? It all the fluid had built up, and he, I remember you saying to the physio, "Mate, just drain it. I've got at least six overs in me. Just get the fluid out, and I'll be able to walk." Yeah, that's about right. Um, <laughs> I'd also had a, <laughs> I'd also had a, a hip flexor strain as well on my left side, as so that was the other <laughs> bloody thing that was annoying me. But no, my knee would get to a point where it would just blow up, as you, and you saw it, Ads. So. Yeah. Gets the, it gets tight and it, I lose um, mobility and it got to the point again where it was massive and I and he you know draining draining and, and pulling fluid out of a out of your body is not obviously a safe thing it can cause infection and all that sort of stuff and I actually said I you do that I'll get I'll definitely get some more overs but I also said I've got three or four months off after this so I can get it fixed it's all going to be it's all going to be fine but we've got to win this test match we've got to get through it so did that went out and that last little bit I remember. Because Paddy, I think, hurt his back. Yep. Sids, I think, was it Sids mm. or Mitch? Mitch was running on empty. You know, he was yeah. he'd bowled a, yep. a truckload. I think we fielded for 150 odd overs. Yeah. And I remember walking. I, I was by this stage as well. I was fielding the gully because I couldn't run in the outfield because <laughs> you know I was too slow. So, and I remember walking to the end after an over, and Michael was coming over towards me. And I kept my head down and said, "Don't ask me. Don't ask me. Don't ask me." He said, <laughs> "You're right to go." I'm like, oh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good." Yeah. He goes, "Well, if you don't bowl, I'm going to have to bowl." And I said, "You're not bowling, mate." So, um, <laughs> way it went, and and it, it, mate, that was the hard. That was probably the hardest day of, of or hardest match, test match I've ever, I've ever, or day of cricket I've ever played. It was wow. long. It was yeah. Everyone was wrecked. Um, but and we played so well in that series that a draw would have been like a loss, Hads, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been. But I, I just remember the physio trying to talk sense. 
Yeah. Oh, Rhino, he said, just get the thing out. I've got five <laughs> overs in you. And I remember Brilliant. walking out in the field and, and Clark, he said, he goes, is Rhino coming? I said, he is. But I think once he starts, you're going to have to keep bowling. He goes, what do you mean? I said, I don't think he can start and stop and go. Yeah. He said, no worries. Once we get him going, we'll just leave him on. Oh, great. Yeah. Great <laughs> advice. <Yeah. laughs> Thanks for that, Hats. <laughs> uh, guys, rises and fallers before we go. Got to bring up Amanda Jade Wellington's quick thinking. Removed a stump, run out to, to get a run out against the Stars. So the ball deflects off um, the batter at the non-striker's end, takes off a bail, goes to Amanda. She goes, what do I do now? Well, in a split second, she goes, oh, no, the old one. Pull the stump out and hit the, the ball with the stump. Out. That's... Some pretty quick, sharp thing because you're always told of that rule as a kid. Very rarely do you see it to come into well, to action. Well, the only time it comes into action is under pressure, and, and when you're under pressure, that's where you get all the cloudiness yeah. in, in your decision making. So to, to think of that under pressure shows yeah. she's got great cricket IQ. Absolutely. Got any rises or fallers, gents? Before we go, I got a faller, <laughs> England. Anyway, that's uh, well established. Oh, I've got a, the ICC actually with the the Champions Trophy. In, um, 2025. Everyone's just hearing about it now. Like they're they're in the World Cup. Oh yes, by the way, the top six is going to go through the the Champions Trophy. Do you think that's maybe something they could share with everyone a, a bit before the World Cup? Well, and that coupled with the fact that the World Cup draw for the fans only came up came out about three months before the actual tournament. Yeah, it's not been a great couple of months. Been good for cricket the- though. Yeah, the, the Krieg has been good. Rhino, you got anything here from Rise of the Fall? Oh, Maybe something from South Australia to, to look out for? Oh, let's have a think. Just, just on that, I, I'm no good at winning. When you put me on the spot, I'm no good under pressure. <laughs> That's um, right. <laughs> uh, just on that, the, the Champions Trophy is a funny one. And that to hear that, I didn't even know. You're, that's the first I've heard of that coming back in and – you know that the, the Champions Trophy was was once a, a big thing, has wasn't it? I mean, you were yeah, playing in a couple, and then all of a sudden it just got ditched, and now it's back again. So, I think it's I think that's really strange. And to say that now you what top six or top eight or whatever it's going to be, yeah, I think that's a little, that's a bit silly. But they obviously and and, and the other thing I, I I think someone said it earlier about the death of the one day cricket. I, I just can't see that happening. It's getting for me. It's just getting better and better, and we're seeing yeah. scores of 350, 400. Batting teams batting first and teams nearly chasing it. That, that you can't tell me that's boring cricket. No, play play a World Cup. Absolutely, I just think the stuff around it's going to dissipate. Hads, last word, anything? Oh, my rise is to, to get Ryan on. It's yeah. always good to chat to, to Ryan Harris, one of the gentlemen of the game. We've got some great stories. I'm I've been nervous this whole hour though, but we, we've got through and because nervous <laughs> about what? Uh, Was there a story that we didn't uncover? Well, you know what? It's, maybe it's time to go. <laughs> Uh, we've got the tax. We've got the taxi one out of here. I, tried, I, I racked my brain. I racked my brain. I just I, he, he was he was he was a nice guy to play with. Had to, he's uh, too smart, not, isn't he, Rhino? He, he like <laughs> he's he, too he, smart. He, he told me just before he came on, I'm a smoke bomber. Like he he, he just yeah. gets out of situations before situations turn the colour yeah. of bad shit. He he just uh, he's yeah, just yeah, fantastic no, I, at doing it. I, I've got a rubber arm when and, and Rhino's got exactly the same arm <laughs> when, when it comes yeah, to having yeah. a drink. So yeah. I. If I'm about to need to go and someone says one more, I'll have one more. Yeah. So, but they could say that 10 times and I'll go from getting home at 12 to, to 5.30. So fantastic. I, I tell everyone, I'm not going to say goodbye to anyone. You can ring me tomorrow morning, but don't be offended. <laughs> Ryan Harris, thank you so much for coming on, mate. It's uh, been a real pleasure to have you on. We'll, we'll do it again uh, shortly on Willow Talk. No, thanks, guys. Great to be on. Thank you. And Hads, see you later in the week. Stay safe. That was Willow Talk. Have a good one, everyone.